Welcome to the Jordan and Kristen Rickard Show. The world is falling apart, but you don't have to. Join Jordan and Kristen as they discuss the challenges that face us in our decaying world every day. God has a plan for you to have victory and to be a light in the darkness. As the Bible says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now, here's Jordan and Kristen. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Jordan and Kristen Pray for You. It's nice to be doing another live episode once. The gorgeous lady uh, on the other half of the screen, that's the lovely Kristen, the most beautiful woman in the world, the one I'm happy to call and very lucky to call my fiance. Praise God. Um, my message for you tonight, by the way, is about what I like to call the eighth deadly sin. And I know, I know we normally think of the seven deadly sins, right? But that's actually a man-made list. The list itself is not in the Bible, believe it or not. Someone else just wrote it later. And if I were to write the list, I would be sure to include as one of the deadly sins tonight's topic, which is self-pity. And it's something that governed my life for a long, long time. I mean, decades until very recently. And I had to force myself out of it. Now, actually, I really stopped feeling sorry for myself once I met Kristen. And all of a sudden, I was the luckiest man in the world. Don't get me wrong. But up to that point, man, I love self-pity. I love feeling sorry for myself. You've never met anybody in your life who's been given more than me, and yet I could just make myself out to just be the biggest victim in the world, all right? It was very gratifying. It was also very deadly. I can't think of anything that held me back more in my life than that. In fact, I used to say that anxiety cost me 10 years of my life, or if not more than that, and that's true. But actually, self-pity was worse because self-pity is what was preventing me from overcoming anxiety, all right? And I don't want you to be held back either, so please pay attention to this message, all right? And in doing, please understand that when I say self-pity is a sin, I'm not here to condemn you. I don't really so much mean that you're necessarily breaking a rule of God's, okay? What I really mean is that you're doing harm to yourself. That's what sin is, right? God gives us these rules only for our betterment, all right? Sin is anything that hurts us and prevents us from achieving what God has for us. So it's not about condemnation. It's about getting healthy. Just like when you go to a doctor, and I've said this before, you ask him what's wrong and he says to you, well, you know, you have to exercise more. You have to watch your diet. You have to get good rest. He's not saying that to come down on you and judge you. He's telling you there are certain things that are consistent with a healthy lifestyle and certain things that are inconsistent with a healthy lifestyle. And in the same way, we think of sin usually as some kind of criminal code that God has, but really it's just about living a healthy lifestyle spiritually and mentally and emotionally. And when you look at it that way, self-pity is perhaps the worst sin because it is the sin that most immediately leads to self-destruction. And that's for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that it actually is a combination of several sins all in one. It's like a sin cluster bomb, okay? Let me go through it real quick. First of all, just look at the word self-pity, and you'll see the first problem is in the first part of the word, right? Self. You're focusing on you. This is how you destroy relationships, going from being an outward person focused on others to an inward person focused on self. It's not just that you become miserable company, that's true. It's that no relationship can survive like this, especially a relationship with God, because a relationship with God is predicated on putting God first in your life, okay? Which is, again, really what all your relationships are about, putting the other person first. And when you go into self-pity, all of a sudden you're drowning out the other person. You're going into me first. Feel sorry for me. 
I'm so pathetic. I'm so miserable. I never get the good breaks. If I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. It's all me, me, me. So first of all, self-pity harms your relationship with God and it harms your relationship with others because you go from being an outward person, a selfless person, to being a selfish person, okay? And secondly, it doesn't just hurt your relationship with God. Check this out. It actually prevents you from coming into his presence. The Bible says you enter God's presence by first walking through his gates with thanksgiving, giving thanks to him, then entering his courts with praise. But when you're wallowing in self-pity, you're not thankful, right? You're not filled with praise. And so you can't enter into God's presence, which is what the enemy wants. And on top of that, self-pity actually leads to other sins, right? It leads to jealousy. Oh, I feel sorry for myself. I don't have a nice car like that guy. I don't have a nice house like that person. I don't have a good job like this one. My boss picks on me. My wife is ugly, whatever. Well, jealousy is a sin also. And I did a whole episode on why that's a sin because it's actually made up of two other deadly sins, which are both pride and idolatry, right? Pride is, I deserve that nice car. I deserve the good looking wife. I deserve the nice house. I deserve the better job. Me, 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 I'm better. And then idolatry because you're making an idol of all those things that you want, right? Listen, self-pity is not something that's harmless and it's not just an emotion. It's one thing to be sad. Yes, God makes us emotional creatures, okay? But it's quite something else to start feeling sorry for yourself, especially because it's so antithetical to faith. It destroys faith. And our relationship with God is predicated on faith. When we indulge self-pity, we're really saying, God, I don't believe in you. I don't believe you love me. I don't believe you care for me. I don't believe that my situation is in your hands. I believe instead I'm a victim. Even though our entire faith is based on the idea that Jesus conquered everything on the cross. You know, in fact, one of the problems we have in today's society is so many people having gotten away from God have this victimhood mentality. And I'm not talking about somebody who's actually a victim of a crime, like someone who gets sexually assaulted or something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this, this epidemic of people who go through life, never able to take personal responsibility, always believing the deck is stacked against them, when the real problem is they need to stop feeling sorry for themselves because everyone has disadvantages and advantages. And by the way, if you're a Christian, you have the insuperable advantage that you are a child of the living God. You are an heir to his kingdom, to his abundance, and you are therefore not a victim. You're a victor. And what self-pity does is it gets you away from seeing yourself as a victor, as an overcomer, and instead you see yourself as a victim. And that's the point of it. See, the enemy loves this because the enemy doesn't want you to be an overcomer because what you're supposed to overcome is him. Okay, so he wants you to see yourself as a weakling so you don't exercise your supernatural strength. You don't exercise God's authority that he has given you over him. He rather wants you to curse God's blessing. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants you to do anything except exercise your authority as an overcomer to defeat the evil work he's doing in your life and what he wants to do in the lives of others. Now, that was a mouthful. So how do you actually overcome self-pity? Because remember, in this darkness series I'm doing, it's not just about living in darkness, it's about overcoming darkness. And my recommendation to you is this, I would start by reading the book of Psalms in the Bible. And I know what you're going to say, a lot of people 
find the Bible a very boring, boring book to read. And I have a secret for you. I do also. In fact, that's why my method of reading the Bible is I have an app on my phone, which is actually also on my computer called the Through the Word app. And there's others like it where it'll just take a verse and in 10 minutes, it'll do a quick devotional where someone not only reads the verse to you, they explain its importance. They make it relevant to your daily life. So try that. And I know everyone's gonna say, oh, Pastor Jordan says he doesn't like reading the Bible. I said, no, I said, sometimes I find it boring, okay? But I find other ways to make it interesting. And where I would start, listen to this, I would start in Psalms 103. And you have to understand that what's great about the Psalms is almost all of the Psalms is, is David going through just awful times, right? People think of David killing Goliath, or they think of David, the king of Israel. Well, you forget that David spends a good portion of his life on the run because people are trying to kill him. He's got no shortage of enemies. He's hiding in caves. He actually at times pretends to be a madman. His friends are being killed. Other of his friends want to kill him. And so much of Psalms is just David going through all this awful stuff and talking about these awful things that are going on around him, and yet he still praises God. And in Psalms 103, David, in order to resist self-pity, actually orders his soul to praise God. You have to order your soul sometimes. And this is the verse, maybe you've heard it, it starts with, bless the Lord, all my soul, right? There's actually a, a popular song, a few songs about it, one that's like, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, right? Worship his holy name, right? Okay, I can't really sing, but it's a nice little song. But if you actually read what David's writing, it doesn't really sound like that. He's ordering his soul into blessings. He's not singing a happy song. He's saying, bless the Lord, my soul. He's telling his soul, bless the Lord, all my inner being, Praise God's name. And then again, the next verse, he says, bless the Lord, my soul, bless God. And then here's the key. He says, forget not God's benefits. This is how you stop yourself from falling into self-pity and you raise yourself to victory. He says, forget not God's benefits. He says, he forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the, evil, like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and gives justice to the oppressed. See, guys, here's the thing. When you start to feel self-pity come on you, it's really important that, first of all, you reject it like David did. You recognize it for what it is, that it's not a harmless emotion to indulge. That's just gratifying the flesh. It's a poison that is leading to self-destruction. But that's not what your destiny is. Your destiny is to be victorious. And you do that by ordering yourself, ordering yourself to bless God, ordering yourself to praise God, ordering yourself to be thankful to God. And you do that by remembering all the great things he's done for you, whatever it is. He's given you health. He's given you friends. He's put breath in your lungs. Hey, he went to the cross and died for you. He's forgiven your sins. He's given you a hope and a future. He's given you a purpose in this life. He's given you meaning. I've said it before, Christianity and nihilism are right next to each other because if there's no God, then the nihilists are right, that there's no point to this life because we're all just a bunch of biological machines. But our faith is that we have a God that loves us and he created us specifically to love us. He has a purpose for us. He gives us meaning and he wants to establish us as overcomers, not underachievers, not as victims, but as victors. That's my message for you today. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So this Pentecostal girl over here, 
had to, with everything within her, to keep quiet during that because I didn't want it to disturb what you were saying. But I just am inside going, yes, yes, come on. Oh, yeah. Let's, yeah, preach it. Come on. Like, that's what I'm, so now I can do that. I have to let all that out now. Okay. So like, yes, preach it right on. Yes. Amen. Okay. All right. I'm good. Thank you. Did you you like the sermon? Uh, Yeah. I loved your more than passion. I was going to say passion, but that's not really the right word. The Holy Spirit just oozing out of you through this message. I love your vulnerability by talking about something that you have experienced that if every person was honest with themselves, every person has experienced this on some level. It could be, I, I that's just, I, I believe that on some level. Uh, because I think that that's what the enemy tries, anxiety and self-pity. You know, th- some people may have had struggled more than others, but every person can relate to this message because it's something the enemy tries to do. And I just thought it was it was so good. And, and like you said about David, I mean, you look at those verses. I mean, David, it's, it's just a beautiful thing in Psalms. It's actually quite humorous and enter- entertaining because mm-hmm. in one section, he's just like way down there in self-pity. You're like, whoa, this is like, how far can you go down this rabbit trail? And then he to see how he rises from that, uh, to say, bless the Lord, all my soul, to see the, how he fights within uh, to do that. And you're so right. I mean, self-pity is not a thing to mess around with. I right. mean, going down that trail, th- that you just keep going, keep going. You eventually find yourself uh, and in like the suicidal thoughts area. And people say, oh, that's ridiculous. We don't want to play around with that area because you just keep going. You just keep going. Isolation and all those things. And it's just not a good place to be. But instead, um, it's a very, it's, the enemy tries to trick you into thinking, just like false humility, really is that tricking you into thinking, oh, okay, well, I'm just this. Well, you're not thinking you're being selfish. You're not thinking you're being whatever. And, And just to get smaller and smaller in your thoughts and smaller in every single way instead of using those gifts and letting your light shine. And so I just thought that that was amazing and such a testimony, such a personal testimony and something that we all, all can benefit from. And, uh, Oh, thank you, baby. And I love the way you're just like, put it out there and the way everything flowed. Oh, it was, it was, yeah, it was great. So it, it preaches. It preaches, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. I want to like put emoticons on there right now. With the <laughs> That was really good. Really, really All right. Well, thank you, baby. I appreciate that. All mm-hmm. right. Well, listen, uh, can you uh, – I know you. Uh, your prayers always exceed my servant. So can you lead us in prayer here? Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not true. Very equal. Uh, well, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that we all – have the testimony of you living within us. The enemy wants to remind us of our past. The enemy wants to remind us of that little thing that you've already forgiven us for and forgotten, by the way, but we can't forgive ourselves. The enemy wants to make us think any time that something comes up, any sort of uh, shame. I just pray for any person that's struggling right now with the feeling of shame, any person that's struggling with embarrassment, any person that's struggling with just this, what we talked about tonight, self-pity or thoughts of even suicidal thoughts or isolation or 
someone who feels like they don't have uh, just anyone to track with them. Any uh, feels like you are far from them, Lord. I I know that you are close to the brokenhearted, and I believe that that verse doesn't just mean we take it to literally mean, of course, the brokenhearted. But there's so many different versions of brokenhearted. We've all been brokenhearted at one point or another. It's not just about uh, brokenhearted. Doesn't just mean um, you know a relationship that's gone south or. Um, it could mean so many different things. And whether that's self-pity, whether that's through depression, whether that's through whatever it is, when you say you're close to the brokenhearted, that's what you mean. When our heart is hurting, when we are aching inside, when we are suffering, when we can't seem to drag ourselves out of this mess, when that, I believe that that woman with the issue of blood, you know, she's representative of how she touched your hem of your garment. This word is for someone tonight. The woman with the issue of blood that was representative. Yes, it could be, maybe you have a physical issue going on in your body and God wants to touch you just like he touched that woman with the issue of blood. He sees your desperation. He sees your reaching. Okay, so maybe you have, a, you have a health concern like that. But I believe there's somebody else tonight and I believe it's not just one person. I believe you are saying, I feel like that woman and the issue of blood is representing your desperation of, of feeling emotionally ill of emotionally feeling drained, of emotionally feeling just that you you can't feel like you can conquer this. And you in yourself, you can't, but God is going to do it for you. Whatever it is, whatever addiction, whatever, it, and not, I'm not just talking about, yes, it could be smoking. Yes, it could be drinking, but it could be the addiction of self-pity. It could be the addiction of anxiety. It could be a, a, just a fear that is just completely outlandish but seems real to you or a fear that maybe has some real uh, reason that you would have that fear, but God is going to take away that fear. God is going to take away, God is going to take away the addiction of the fear. Just like he took away the issue for the, the woman who had the issue of blood, just like he took away all of that going on in her body. He's going to take all of that going on in your mind, all what's going on in your mind, He's going to stop that and his blood is going to cover it. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, she was covered by, by Jesus's blood. God is going to cover you with his blood. Lord, I pray you cover each and every person who has something going on, Lord, who just feels like they can't conquer it, who just feels like they're so desperate, but doesn't even know how to pray, God. May you come in and cover every single one of us with your blood and make us a new cre creation in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Great job. Absolutely wonderful job, Kristen. Absolutely. I tell you what, do this. Um, I know we have a couple prayer requests. Um, why don't you also please, as long as you're doing those, pray for the uh, election also, which is coming up on Tuesday. And pray for, uh, you know, just peace and calm to prevail, okay? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we pray for Isabel. She asked us for... Um, to pray for her and her family. So Lord, we pray for whatever's going on there. God, I know that you have a solution and I know that you want to bring peace to her situation. And I pray that for her and her entire family, that you come in and cover them with your favor as a shield. I also pray, um, a friend of mine, Christine brought to her attention, some things going on, just some turmoil within the country and around the world. Um, just some stuff going on in LA and, uh, some, persecution against Christians in different nations and here at home and just a whole litany of stuff. So God, 
thank you for Christine. And um, I just pray a covering over all these situations, God, all these situations, Lord, we try to take them on and we just thank God that you know what you're doing because we're humans. We can't take these on, God, but we give them to you. We lay them at the foot of your cro- the cross. We ask you to come in and just, just heal and just bring complete peace and just, just bring like waves on the ocean. Bring your surges of power and love and, and healing to all of these situations. And Lord, we do pray for this election in our country. And um, God, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of just unrest and just a lot of different interests and a lot of injustice and a lot of things, Lord, that we just don't know how to explain or understand, but we know, God, that you cover all. And I just pray for your complete covering over all those. Thank you for our our Christian men and women in office who take a stand um, and, and in all forms of government and all areas of government who take a stand. They know that their calling is, um, you know, they, they put themselves and their families on the line to make sure that the Christian initiatives in this country are going to stand. And so they, they're fighting that fight. So God, I just pray for a covering around them. Lord, I pray against any fatigue and just all sorts of things that go with that, Lord, go with that responsibility. I pray that every person steps up, Lord. I pray, I pray for anybody who has this kind of, you know, wool over the eyes, blinding over their eyes, and even within the Christian community, anybody who maybe doesn't see the issues as they really are, doesn't see what's really happening. And I pray that you would lift the, the, the veil uh, over the eyes of non-Christians and Christians, some Christians, Lord, all, and all people, to see things, to see what's really happening, to see the truth. Lord, may your truth be revealed. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. We, we repent of our nation, the things that, that have gone on when prayer was taken out of schools, when babies were murdered and all sorts of things that have gone on here, Lord. On behalf of America, we step in and we ask for your, your grace over this nation. We ask for a new generation of men and women who will pray and praise you and will get on their knees in office, in public office, and in for private sector, and in daily life, and families that will turn to you, and families that will stay intact, and people and communities that will love each other and see each other through your eyes, God. We ask that we as a nation would turn to you, God, and look to you for all things, Lord, and replace everything that wants to tear everything apart with your love and your guidance, God. And we ask that this election would be your divine intervention and provision, God. And your peace, your supernatural peace would rest over this nation and all of us, God. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Isabel Rodriguez says, please pray for Melvin for God to stop his foot pain. Father God, we thank you for Isabel and for Melvin. We thank you actually for everyone who tuned in tonight, including Ali and Sonia and uh, the always lovely Ashley. And uh, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a certain uh, uh, Mrs. Pettit is watching her, I don't know what it is, like 135th consecutive show, whatever it is. (laughs) So thank you for all you guys. But for Isabel, God, we lift Isabel up to you along with Melvin. God, we pray against the pain in his feet. You know, I come to think of it, Kristen, my father's been having pain in his feet. I think I told you about that. And so, God, we just pray against foot pain. And uh, we also pray, I'm going to pray right now, for people who are having difficulty hearing. Um, The Bible says faith comes by hearing. So God places a high emphasis on hearing. And God, we pray for people's ears to be opened. Um, we pray for my dad's ears to be open. We pray for anyone who's who's listening to this, who's having hearing problems. God, we pray that you open their ears. And we we speak to Melvin. In fact, it sounds kind of silly. We speak to his feet and order his feet to be pain-free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 All right, baby, can you lead us in the, in the call to salvation? Yes. Well, if you would like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never done that, or if you want to re dedicate your life. Maybe there was a time in your life where you knew Jesus and you don't know. If you don't know that right now something were to happen, where you would go, where your soul would go, would you go to heaven? If you don't know that, and it's not just about where you would go when you die. It's about, um, because we're all going to face that. But and, And praise God, if you know Jesus, you're going to be in Jesus's arms and live with him forever and ever. And um, But right now, you can live your best life there's so much, there's so many things going on in our world. It's important to know where your soul is and to, to enjoy every day in God's presence. So just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I admit that I have sinned. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I make you my Lord and Savior. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, let us know. You can send us a message or comment on the video. We want to know about it. It's very encouraging to us. Oh, amen. Good job, baby. Absolute wonderful job by you as always tonight. You too. uh, Thank you. All right, guys. Listen, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Kristen and I will uh, be back on Monday. I think we're going to start a new segment of our relationship series just on communication, okay? So I think the relationship series already has over 20 messages in it. Um, and really, we could have put this one in it also, but I think I'm going to put this in the Overcoming Darkness series. But we're, I'm going to do probably three or four different episodes just on on communication and the importance of communication and how to do it and also how not to do it, all right? So we'll start that probably on Monday. Guys, have a great weekend. I'll see you uh, Monday, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. As always, in the meantime, be blessed and be a blessing. Bye, everybody. You look gorgeous, by the way. Oh, my goodness. You're stunning. Oh, you look great, too. I tell you, you look great. I'm great. You're gorgeous, though. You oh, are. Oh, you're very you're handsome. The most beautiful one I've ever seen. You, you're the most handsome. Yeah, thank you. All right. <laughs> see you guys. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow Jordan and Kristen Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes. And remember to tune in next week and every week on Tuesdays at 845 on WMCA The Mission, AM 570 and FM 102.3. Amazing grace.